I'd like to invite you to pray with me as we begin our message today. Lord, it's a privilege, it's an honor to be called a child of God. How is it that you have come from heaven to earth to redeem us, to love us, to set us free, to give us the right to the throne? As we wait patiently for the soon coming of Jesus, Lord, we are committed to working towards your mission in your vineyard. And Lord, today, as we sit at your feet, as we open the scriptures, we open our hearts, and we open the opportunities that you are inviting us to. We thank you for this moment, the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. We've been in a series here at the University Church looking at different parables. And today I want to look at a parable that is going to be found in Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 14. And I want to give you the title and the emphasis today for my message. And it is a seat at the table. One of the things that I miss during this time is the opportunity to sit at the table. I don't really care too much for eating out, but I do love family dinners. More specifically, I love church dinners. I know that's a little old-fashioned, and sometimes when you'd have those church dinners all set up and you'd go to someone's house and you'd be waiting for the food to be prepared, I miss those kind of dinners. I miss those family dinners, those church dinners, um, because, probably because I grew up uh, as dinners being a great tradition in our home. My mom was very serious about dinners. I can remember several dinners and several occasions that probably didn't call for all that, of what she wanted, but we did it. And she was big on etiquette and big on manners. And I remember uh, setting the table. And I've got a little bit of a table here. Uh, it's, it's the best table that I could, I could do today. But you see, I have a glass. And how many of you remember your table etiquette? Do you remember that? Do you remember where to set up your fork in your spoon? Does the fork go on the left or the right? That's an easy question. What do you think? Left? I think that's where it goes. And then do you put the spoon in the middle or on the right? I'm not sure. I think it's knife in the middle, spoon on the right. Now, if you have a very elaborate dinner, you have salads and desserts, you have a whole bunch of different settings. But the basic setting was pretty simple, and my mom would love for us to sit at the table. Now, when I was a child, I could sit, I could set the table, but I didn't always get to sit at the table. There was in our house, maybe in your house too, a kid's table. You remember the kid's table? It was nothing like the adult table. We might get a real silverware. Other than that, we might, you know, the, the main table had fancy drinks and had fancy silverware, but the kid's table, probably paper plates, and uh, if they did remember napkins, they would give you some. Other than that, the kid's table was a mess. It was dirty, it was filthy, and it was wild, but the adult table was much more dignified, at least till maybe halfway in the meal. And in my family, they would be laughing and screaming and yelling and telling stories. And as a child, I would want to sneak up to the table every once in a while. I want to sneak up and listen 
and I would instantly be stopped. Conversation stopped. And I was the oldest cousin, so I was much of an ambassador. Stop. And then I'd hear, you can't sit at the table. We're having grown folk conversation. You know what grown folk conversation is? It's a conversation that I get to have today. I didn't know uh, what it was then. But as a child, I didn't get the opportunity to have the grown folk conversation because I was at the kids' table. Then maybe you've seen or been to places where they've had a, a, a table set up for the guest of honor. Maybe it was a wedding. They had a beautiful table and the, the wedding party would sit there. Or maybe it was a pastor's appreciation day. I remember dinners like that where you have the pastor's appreciation. And I used to be jealous when I wasn't a pastor because they have all the good juice and they got their plates first. And, you know, I grew up in attending a black church. And let's say the service was quite longer here than the church service here. And by the time we got to eat, it was, we were pretty hungry. But what they intended for that table was to set, to, to set honor. What they intended for the pastor's table was to, to graciously say thank you to the pastoral family. I think you know a lot about tables here in the university family. In fact, you have something called the longest table. And that table is set up to invite community and invite family, but it is to honor those, to invite those to sit across the table. There's a lot of things that happen at the table. You can fall in love at the table. You remember when you were first in love, how smooth, how debonair you were, how brilliant you were, how patient you were. You know, you'd have, if you're a man, you'd have your deep voice, you know, excuse me, I'd like to order this on the menu. Very patient pearly white teeth. Maybe if you're a lady, you were very, very regal and very royal and drunk like this. You know, ladies don't seem to eat with their teeth. I don't know how they do it. They, they do something like this. You know, they very, very cute, very elegant. A couple years down the road, you know, it's, babe, where's the ketchup? <laughs> you know, no manners, no, no love. No, no, I shouldn't say no love, but definitely no falling in love at the table. Sometimes you don't even get a chance to eat at the table. Sometimes you don't even get a chance to eat. I know somebody can testify to that. You can fall in love at the table. You can also break up at the table. Ever been on a bad date? I mean, you knew halfway through the date, this, this is over. And you're staring at them. You just don't see them the same way you used to. You can break up at the table. You can, you can get in trouble at the table. I remember some times when I would be told, sit down, I need to talk to you. You know, and, and just the terror would run through your flesh and you'd seize up. And in that moment, you remember everything you've done. And you know, anytime you get in trouble as a child, you get real spiritual. You know, all your Bible verses come back and you start having an English accent. You know, Father, what have I done? You know, you get all, all spiritual. Um, but, but when you can get in trouble at the table, you can also get promoted at the table. Ever had good news, opened up a letter, someone sat you down at the table. What I want to talk about this morning is there is a table that God 
sets. And God has set a table. And there are seats at the table of honor that God has reserved for people. God has set a table. He's taken his time. He has arranged everything just right. The banquet is ready. The feast is ready. And he is setting up a table of honor. I'm reminded of Psalms 23. Perhaps you've read that verse. Perhaps you've memorized that verse. I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Most of you who may be familiar with this verse, maybe even have it memorized. And as I'm reading in this translation, you could probably fill in some of those places that you've memorized. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, brings honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close besides me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Back to verse 5. You prepare a feast for me. Maybe the version you remember says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me with anointing, by anointing my head with oil. You, my cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Not only does God prepare a table for me, not only does he prepare a table for you, he invites your enemy to the table. Have you ever had your enemy invited to the table? I don't think anybody who's preparing a meal is thinking about their enemy. They're not thinking about, what would you like to eat? Oh, I wonder if they would really love this. You don't want to make sure I make extra for my enemy. Most of us would not invite our enemy to the table, but God invites our enemy to the table that he has prepared for us. He brings honor to his name by honoring us and setting up a table for us, but also invites our enemy. God is choosing to honor us. He chooses to honor us. God sets a table to honor us, and sometimes the enemy is invited to the table. Let me focus on something here. It's God's choice to honor us. If anybody needs to be honored, it needs to be God. God is the only one worthy of honor. 
And the reality is there's no way for us to even set a table that would honor God in the way he deserves to be honored. If anyone deserves to be in a place of honor, it's our God. But he chooses to honor us. It's God's heart to honor us. And there is a table that is set for you. He puts you at the seat of honor. Do you deserve to be at the seat of honor? Probably not. But God chooses to prepare a place, a seat at the table. He says, you are my honored guest. And sometimes he invites our enemies. And I thought about why does God invite our enemies? And I wish I had a good answer to that question. But I can remember times when God has invited my enemy to the table. It wasn't a physical enemy or someone who embodied physical flesh to be my enemy. But there's something about God inviting our enemies or those that what is against us to honor us in order to say to our enemies, you no longer belong in this life. You no longer belong to this individual. I am bringing your enemy to the table to honor you in front of those who misguide you and mislead you and mistreat you. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about God's table. And misguided religion, it often brings a misunderstanding of God's table by thinking and flipping the seat of honor. Some people believe that they are the ones who the table is for, that they either deserve to sit at the table. And sometimes they even get to the point where they put others in the place of honor or something in the place of honor that doesn't deserve to be there. I can notice in my own life, I can notice in the times where sin was taking control of my life and what I was doing was putting that thing in the place of God's honor, putting that thing or that person at the seat of honor. It happens all the time. Sometimes we can be really cheeky about it. We can say, God, um, thank you for joining me, but there's something I need to do. And could you get up for a moment? I'm going to invite somebody else to sit down and, and come back. Come back in about 30 minutes. Hey, God, you know, I was, I'm grateful that you're coming to worship today. But there's just a moment in the service where I need to put my own preferences. I need to put my own ideas and thoughts in the seat of honor. I just need to make sure my voice is heard in this moment. And I really need you to just take a step back and then you'll come. Sometimes God is excused from the table so many times that he's never even honored. Misconceptions about the table, it can even lead to refusing the people that God has invited to the table. God chooses who to invite to the table. And misguided religion would often say, I have the privilege to decide who is welcome at the table. Excuse me, I don't like the way you're dressed. You're not dressed properly for this table. 
excuse me, I'm not sure if you notice, but the smell of what you've consumed is all over your clothes. It's all over your breath. And I'm going to need you to go home and freshen up and sober up before you can come to the table. Excuse me, I'm sorry. This table is for only us and you're not invited to sit at the table. God sets the table of honor. God decides who to invite to the table and he invites them. In Luke chapter 14, verse seven, it's in the context of a story where Jesus has healed someone. He's been invited to a banquet. He's been invited to a dinner of a spiritual leader of the day. And the Bible tells us that that was a man, a man who had an infirmity that Jesus heals in front of the people. And there's a little bit of a theological discussion about if this is proper on the Sabbath. And Jesus asked some pretty tough questions that are not answered directly. And then he begins to introduce this particular parable and this teaching. He says, when Jesus noticed, in verse 7, when Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has already been invited? Can I just stop parenthetically and tell you that there's always someone more distinguished than you? There is always someone smarter than you. There's always someone more deserving than you. The moment we begin to evaluate ourselves by other people, we will always be disappointed. Then verse 9, the host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest seat at the foot of the table. Can I, can I give, translate that for you? Sit at the kid's table with all the crayons and the milk and the crumbs and cheese smashed all up on the floor and the carpet, sit at that table. Then when the host sees you, he will come and say, friend, I have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he will turn to his host. When you, then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, when you set a table, he said, don't invite your friends and brothers, sisters and relatives, church members, people in your faith community. Don't invite them. Don't invite rich neighbors. He says, for they will invite you back. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Can we go back to verse 11? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he goes down to verse 13. He says, instead, don't invite people that can invite you back. 
Don't invite people who can return the favor. Invite people who are poor, who are crippled, who are lame, who are blind. In other words, invite people that are going to tear up the table. They're blind. They're bumping into stuff. They're, they're not paying attention. You know, where, where do I sit? They're just knocking stuff over. They, they, they're, they're, they're tearing up the table. They're, they're, they're messing things up. They're not able to just come in the way everybody else comes in. Invite them. Invite the poor and invite the crippled. Invite the lame. Invite the people who don't deserve to sit at the table. Because God is setting a table and God is making an invitation. And this is about a table and preparing a table for people who cannot repair us. Honoring people who are not expecting to be invited to the table. God says, that's who I'm inviting. Because I can invite whoever I want to. Because it's my table. And I'm inviting those who can't repay me. I'm inviting those who can't give back in the way others can give back. I'm inviting those who are outside the economic and social brackets of this community and inviting them to sit at the head of the table. When God invites someone to the table, he always it often invites their enemies to remind them of who they belong to. During this COVID-19 season, during this stay-at-home order, we have an opportunity to reflect on the table. There is a table prepared for us every single week at worship services all across our state, in our region, in our nation. In the room I'm looking at, there are pews that are seats at the table. And if we're not careful, we will miss an opportunity to reset and recenter who God is inviting to the table. And we will miss an opportunity to see the beauty of who God is inviting to the table. Every single week, we are making an invitation to the table. And when someone walks in who is crippled, who is blind, who is, can I make, let's make this spiritual as it needs to be, who are spiritually poor. You know what spiritually poor is? That's, that's people who run out of spiritual currency. Come on, just testify that you can come to church and you can be as high and lifted up as you want to be. But as soon as you get to the parking lot, Lord have mercy, your account has been drained. By Monday, you have forgotten everything that you studied. Spiritually poor, spiritually blind, can only see this perspective, can only see this view, can only see this and can only stay focused, not seeing the people around them or even the ability to see themselves. What about those who are spiritually crippled, needing assistance, needing to be carried around, needing to be cared for? And I know the scripture uses that word crippled. It's not the best word to use. In fact, some who are disabled or not able to use are, are not crippled at all. In fact, they are experiencing a God that we don't often get to enjoy and experience because he has set a table for them. He has set a table 
for the people that we don't often see in our peripheral. And these are the people that need to be invited to the table. James says in, writes in James chapter 1, verses 21 through 27, says, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept, see that word again, humbly accept the word of God, has the word of God that has been planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you'll only be fooling yourselves. You'll be sitting at what you perceive is the table of honor only to be asked to sit somewhere else. Only to be asked to leave the place that you have established. For if you listen to the word of God and, and don't obey, it's like glancing into the mirror, facing the mirror, and you'll see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Here's where it gets good. If you claim to be religious, you know what religious is? I've got nothing wrong with re- problem with religion. Religious is just the practice, the discipline of what you believe. It's just disciplining yourself in the context of people to help you in your discipleship process. But if you claim to be religious, if you claim to be up on a spiritual journey and don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. James goes a little bit deeper. He says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, a spiritual practice that is pure in the sight of God. Sight of God the Father means caring for the orphan and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. True religion, pure religion, is setting a seat at the table. It's being considerate. It's saying you always have a seat at the table. In fact, I am intentionally inviting you to a seat at the table. These pews that some of us are longing to return to, I'm here to invite you to get up and to leave and sit at another table. Because our job as a church is to set a table for those who God is inviting and deciding to put at the seat of honor. These pews are our opportunity to get up and to come and to make sure everything is set in order, to make sure the drinks are cold, to make sure the bread is warm, to make sure the casserole is just right, to make sure dessert is cut and ready to be served. That's our job, to come and to set the table. It's not our job to come and to feast. It's about trading a bib for an apron. And the church that God is calling post all of this is a church that is ready to receive those who he is inviting, those who the world would not invite, but the church has been prepared and ready to invite those at the table. It's not about a question of if God is choosing to honor us. It's about who God is choosing to honor. 
He's making an invitation to the poor, to the crippled, to the blind, to the broken, to the hurting, to the despondent, to the cast aside, to the marginalized, to the grieving, to the mourning. And can I just tell you, you know who those people are? You know who these crippled and blind people are? It's you. Yeah, you're the one. Because our loving Savior, Jesus the Christ, came on to earth in the human experience to set a table for us. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says in our heart, in our sinful flesh is enmity towards God. That means at some portion in our life, we were the enemies that God was inviting to the table. And the only reason there's a seat of honor at the table for you is because Jesus is not sitting at the seat of honor. He's sitting at the kid's table, washing our feet, cleaning up crumbs, and taking the place of a servant. And when you meet that Jesus who's sitting at the seat of the kids table who is preparing the meal and taking a place of of a servant you will get up from your seat of honor and you will wrap a towel around your waist and you will say I no longer need this bib I need an apron because there's a seat at the of honor at the table for someone and in this church community in this faith community there are people God is inviting to the table Each week, there's a table set for you. It's not our table. It's a God's table. He can invite whoever he wants to. And I'm so glad that he invited me when I was poor. Because I'm poor. Because I'm broken. Because I don't deserve a seat, God says, come sit at the table with me. And I just want to pray for someone who's watching today. Because you may feel like you can't return to God. You may feel like you're not worthy to sit at the table. Say, Pastor, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know the questions I'm struggling with. You don't know the issues that I'm dealing with. God says, yes, I do. Come on up to the table. And sometimes he sits us up on his lap. He says, let me feed you. You're not strong enough. Let me feed you. So I'm praying for someone today to let you know that there's always a seat at the table. Regardless of who told you you couldn't sit there. Regardless of who told you that you weren't ready to come to God. I'm here to tell you there's an invitation at the seat of honor for you. Father, this morning, we are grateful for Jesus who prepared a table for us. He says, this is my body that has been broken. This is my blood that has been shed. Lord, you have prepared a table for us. It's a table that cost you your life, but yet you've been raised again, and you are coming again to invite us to a table, a banquet. And Lord, it is our responsibility It is our privilege to be invited, regardless of the fact that we don't deserve it. Thank you for those who now are praying and accepting that invitation. Lord, as we return each week, whether digitally, virtually, or in person, that we will remember our job is to set the table, to serve those 
who have been invited. Thank you for this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us this week. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and we're so glad you worshiped with us this Sabbath. Please let us know where you're joining us from. You can send us a message on our social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on our church website. And we pray that you have a wonderful week and God's richest blessings go with you.